Hi, everybody. It's time for We'll See You in Hell. You know it's a podcast. You know it's part of the Fangoria Podcast Network. You want some info about that network or this program or other programs or how to find and follow shows and past episodes of all of them, including this one, you go visit Fangoria.com. But for right now, it's time for this episode, The Business at Hand. I'm here with Pat Walsh. Hey. Bringing you the first of the September uh, episodes of We'll See You in Hell. Today we discuss Stranger Things. Stranger Things, a, a phenomenon. It was a phenomenon, wasn't it, Pat? Uh, yeah, I just I think I was reading an interview with the creators of it who said they their hunch was that it became such a big deal because the summer movie season was so shitty. And it truly was. That might have helped that people were just like <clears throat> wanted something fun. Well, I don't agree with that statement, as you know. You thought there were good movies this summer. Yes. Yes. I don't know if I can think of one, but... I, I thought there were some nice movies that came out this summer. Well, we know Batman versus... I sent Joe right before this started. Mel Gibson referred to Batman versus Superman as, quote, a piece of shit. Right. And I thought that was very funny. And that I was showing Joe that I was on the side of good Mel Gibson. Right. Everybody's favorite right. celebrity. Yeah. Well, that's the... You know what? I'm not going to badmouth. It'd be easy to make a Mel Gibson joke right now. Yeah. Where I go, ah, you know, great great source. I'm happy the guy's, like, back on his feet and cleaned his act up. And if that took him calling Batman versus Superman a piece of shit, I'll I'll take it. People are loving the, uh, what's it called, Hobo with a Shotgun or whatever he did on... Well, Hobo with a Shotgun was Rutger Hauer. I saw that. Who never fell from grace. No. I don't know if he was in grace to begin with. What was the movie that he did? I think you were telling me about it. He's got a new... Mel Gibson has a new movie Preacher out. with a bomb. <laughs> uh, it's called uh, D- Mean Daddy or something like that. Or like <laughs> I think I was closer on my Angry guesses. Father. An- yeah, Bad Father. Uh, it's not that. Bad, bad Santa. Santa. Uh, anyway, Jinx. it's new to Netflix, and so, or new to uh, iTunes, and people seem to enjoy it. It's like a Taken-style movie with Mel, which is exactly what he should be doing. But he just directed uh, that new movie something ridge or whatever and that's supposed to be amazing it's got a great review 10 minute standing ovation yeah i mean i think uh he he did the right thing it's like uh, i okay i i I was saying those racist things no obviously that's the wrong thing but he handled it in, in an appropriate way and i think people are seeing how horrifically bad people can behave in this day and age and as long as you do your little time after you do your little crime they're going to be fine, as long as you're not Bill Cosby or something. The man got wasted and messed up, and his friends, including like Jodie Foster, are like, the guy doesn't have hatred in his heart, and I believe them. I think, yeah. I, you know, you can't you can't be mad at somebody for a, the rest of his life. He's in a bad place, and he said some things he shouldn't have, and God only knows, too, if... Well, the stuff with his girlfriend was rough, too. Me and, yeah. me and Pete used to listen to those constantly, those tapes. They're so... They're so... <laughs> outlandishly awful and funny well that those always made me wonder if he had some kind of mental thing happening he, he sounded had, he like a, a man that was off his medicine or something yes. yeah so the point is he, he's back he's looking healthy again he you know he seems to be redeeming himself i'm i'm uh, you know you he did his time as he said oh the jacuzzi yeah he apologized so it's you know here yeah. here he is so uh 
I so the, all that out of the fact that I wasn't going to slam Mel. I was going to make a cheap Mel joke, right? Just to defend Batman versus Superman. Yeah, uh, but he's wrong as you are. Uh, <laughs> I just got the uh, well, not just a month ago. I've been out of town for a month. I've been in Scotland at the Edinburgh Film uh, F- uh, Fringe Festival uh, performing for a month straight. So we actually recorded our August episodes before I left, and, and I was gone all of August. I just got back now. We're in the beginning of September here. Uh, but before I left for the plane ride, the long plane ride over, I uh, picked up an, uh, a, a sweet Blu-ray copy of Batman v. Soups. Uh, how much extra footage is in there? Does 30, the movie cross the three-hour mark? 30 minutes of extra footage. It's three hours exactly. It is Ooh. an R-rated director's cut, and it is a masterpiece. It has officially become my favorite superhero movie of all time. I, I honestly I don't know why anybody would keep listening to this. But, um, well, because there are people out there. The, the minority is, is usually right. You know? You look at the great voices that were vocal <laughs> in the minority throughout history Abe Lincoln Martin Luther King Zack Snyder <laughs> all the greats uh we don't need to get back into Batman versus Superman No but we can before Is there we... nudity in the R-rated footage? No but oh. the it That's the, only the that extra footage I found helped the story quite a bit okay. and helped shape the arc of why Superman wasn't trusted why Batman had reservations about him uh, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I've seen the movie now four times, I guess, and I and it hasn't. <sighs> I I just you know I like it. I just like the film. But well, let's not. Side I liked tr- it more than Suicide Squad. I loved Suicide Squad, uh, and I obviously hated Batman vs Superman. But I walked out of Suicide Squad first time I've walked out of a movie in ten years. Walked right out. That's not true. You told me another movie you walked out of about a what year ago. It? I can't remember. I mean, I can't. I can't think of one. I walked out of the uh, the Cinderella reboot with like that Kenneth Branagh did. It got rave reviews. I don't know what I was doing there, frankly. I think it was one of those whatever starting I'll see. The one with with Hel- Helena Bonham Carter is she like was the in the mix. Yeah. Fairy godmother. Yeah. No, I so especially when I'm on hiatus, you got a lot of time to kill. I go up to the Grove. I'll see whatever's starting. And it can be fun, like a grab bag, like an Easter egg type, but Cinderella was a mistake. Uh, it was a very capably made kids movie. It wasn't for me. I'm not supposed to be the guy watching Cinderella at a matinee. I quite I'm frankly, sure they put me on a watch list. Quite frankly, <laughs> I don't think you're the guy that's supposed to be watching Suicide Squad either. I don't think these movies are for you. I don't think you get them. I don't think you get well, they're them. They're clearly not for me. Don't I, make that face like I'm insulting. I'm not insulting. I'm saying I don't. I think they're speaking to a part of you that doesn't exist. That could be because there was nothing for me in, in either of those movies. But, you know, by and large, and I know this argument never does anything for you, people who are really obsessed with superheroes and comic books didn't like these movies either. Kevin Smith loved Batman versus Superman. Kevin and Smith has obviously lost his fucking mind. Reshaped his opinion of Batman. The man's in a pot haze, and we're not getting him back. I oh, mean, you, come on. You've seen the reviews on Yoga Hosers. No, but I, I want to see it very badly. I know you do. You know I they're love... bringing back the Johnny Depp Tusk character. I know. I've seen the trailer, and I'm excited about it. I love Tusk. What are the reviews well, on Tusk Yoga? Tusk got way better reviews than Yoga Hosers. What are, yo- what are they saying about Yoga Don't sidetrack me with Yoga Hosers, Suicide <laughs> Squad. It was a fun movie. Yeah, it wasn't. 
uh, at all. Leto was a fantastic Joker. Ridiculous. Why ridiculous? Why? Why? I mean, if we're just going to compare him to the other two, he was about a thousand percent shittier. Oh, stop it. But if we're just going to compare him to like a, a normal crazy person performance, I guess he was fine. Why was he shitty? I think well, he, he was wanted... barely in it. I think, and, and and since most of the early press releases were about him, you feel like the director must just been, must have been like, "There's nothing here." Leto claims that they shot like an additional hour and a half of Joker footage. Yeah, that's not in the movie. They did apparently. So clearly, it didn't work. Well, no, I thought it worked. To, 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 the to Joker's the... the name in this. I mean, Will Smith's obviously the no, name. No, the but... name is Suicide Squad is what the movie's about, and the Joker's not a member of the Suicide Squad. Yeah, no, They're I'm doing not. a Harley Quinn solo movie. They brought in the Joker to set that up. Her I liked, but, you know, she's, you know, she's a beautiful woman. I thought Will Smith was great. I mean, I, 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 I can't even, I don't really have anything to say about it. I, my, I left, I texted my buddy because I couldn't sit with him. It was so crowded. And I was like, I think I got to get out of here, man. And he was like, I'm already gone. Really? Yeah. Like, I, I just don't know any, anyone who's enjoyed it. That's a shame. Um, it's a shame, and I'll never, I'll never watch the other half. When there, there's the thorny, hateful place that you people all live in. That witch, they kept cutting back to the witch controlling them, and Viola Davis, and they're going up in this building. That's about when I walked out. I'm like, I don't know what this building is, where they're going. I don't care about anyone here. They're playing a a, a classic rock song for every character that enters the movie yeah it was fun like let's just put a song in and everywhere so people don't notice that this is just nonsense it felt like a comic book it moved and felt exact like if you went to meltdown comics right now pulled a graphic uh, uh, a volume of uh, suicide squad off the shelf and read it it would it would feel just like that which i have done and i that's why i enjoyed it all right i mean y- you are go- coming in from a place of somebody who's read these books so i i couldn't give two shits but well, that's why I say I feel like it's not for you. It's it's it'd be like for me if they made a movie about the 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 gritty underside of football, and I'd be sitting there going, "But wait, how does the game work?" And they'd be like, "Well, we don't have time to explain the rules of the game right now. This right. is not about that." But see, I can like anything. I mean, I, I I don't care at all about any sports, but I've loved sports movies in the past. Now, sure. Granted, I know the basic rules of them, but so everyone knows basically what a superhero movie is, also. The fact that these well, movies think... cost $200 million um, means that they need to be accessible to a wide audience. They're, they should not be making these for comic book nerds who also did not like either of these movies. That's really. not true, though. For That's the most not part. true. Suicide Squad has a very high audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Or does it? I'll well, look it I, don't right trust, I don't trust their critic compilation. I certainly don't trust their audience. Well, but the audience that you're not trusting is the audience you're saying they can't make this movie for, which they can. I just mean, by and large, people don't like it. But I I am just going off people I talk to. But it's a hated movie. It's a hated movie by the the top critics. By the top critics. And everyone I know who saw it. Who's everyone you know? They're they're people. How many people? They're quality people. How many people? Are you talking to people who love Suicide Squad? I don't. I haven't really talked to anybody about it, to be honest with you. Okay. Because I, I form my own opinions, and I don't no, let. No, I absolutely. I saw this movie before it came out. I don't let the Hollywood. 
I I Brash. saw it before it came out. I didn't know anything about you know? it. If it was gonna be. I actually thought it was gonna be cool. The trailer was cool. But you know, if you want to play game ball with the brass, that's that's your business, man. I don't. I can't. I play, can't tell play you that. Ball with the brass. I'm, it's a. Yeah, I don't know that it is an expression. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna say it's. A, I was making a joke oh. about Hollywood. Uh, but once you say I was making a joke, it kind of gets ruined. Hold on a second. I'm trying to find this. Uh, I believe you. I bet it's got a 67 or something from audiences, according to their obviously messed up aggregator. Because then, when a, as we've always said, a movie a movie that will be horrifically reviewed will have a, a tomato on it. Like they don't. Whoever's scanning them is like it's got a 67. I got it exactly, yeah. folks. Audience review, which is higher than the Batman Superman audience review, if okay. I'm not mistaken. Now, let me see here. Hold on a second. Batman. I mean, it wouldn't kill you to talk just a little bit as I look this stuff up. Well, I, I don't know what, what you're, you're, you're proving here with this, but uh, we're also supposed to be talking about Stranger Things. 65%. Yeah. So it's higher. But what is that? What, where are they getting those numbers? Those are the review. Those are u- user consensus reviews. So whoever actually wrote a review on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, and Rotten Tomatoes works as an aggregator thumbs up or thumbs down. There's no there's no in between. But you're talking about the people who will get on get on Rotten Tomatoes log in. Well, there's top critics and then there's the audience reviews. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, you know. I mean, I I don't think I think the as an audience member you can go on there and click a thumbs up or thumbs down and I so think it's So it's a it's a compilation of people who are willing to write a review for Rotten Tomatoes. I don't even know if you It's probably have... not the smartest. Well, why now why in insult the those people now? Because anyone who's willing it's like somebody who's willing to leave a comment on a porno video. It mu- You're an idiot. It mu- <laughs> I'm surprised you can write if you feel you need to comment on a porn video. Do you think people that leave Amazon reviews are all idiots? I think one of my favorite Twitter accounts is a compilation of hilariously stupid Amazon reviews. Sure, I'm not saying they're they're not stupid. I'm just saying I'm not saying or can't be stupid. But I'm saying, do you think every one of those things is always stupid? I think zero people who I want to hear their opinion are leaving reviews in the depths of Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> on Suicide Squad, in the hopes that somebody will see it. You know, you do have a point. Because I don't know why I'm defending this, because I actually say, I actually trash all these rating sites in my act <laughs> about how it makes me furious that everybody's a food critic now that Yelp has come out or yeah, whatever. It's all, the only people writing a Yelp review are somebody who had the best meal of their life or a problem, or somebody who likes yeah, to wine. Yeah, or the air conditioner was blowing on yeah. me. And speaking of people who like to wine, I got to Joe and I just watched this video. This woman, Annalise... I don't remember her last name. Neither do I. I refuse to learn it. Apparently, she works in the the pornographic industry, kind of a Suicide Girls type site. No, no, no. Suicide Girls attacked her. That's how I found out about it. Oh, good. Because I follow the Suicide Girls. Girls. She's sitting in a lift, uh, and as you watch the video, you realize it's a lift shared, so there are other people (laughs) in in the car. And the driver is an Asian male uh, who's, like, completely nice and pleasant and reasonable, and he has a hula girl. On his dashboard. So not when, a literal woman. You know, a doll not, of not a... Not the corpse of a woman. Uh, a little doll. Like you would see it. Like there's Tiki Tea. The, the Tiki Bar right by us has a thousand of these things. And if you go to Hawaii, there's a billion of these things. Living hula girls as well as dolls. And they give you the lays when you get off the flight and et cetera, et cetera. It's a big part of their culture. I saw 
a very beautiful uh, hula show when I was in Hawaii. It was like two hours long. It was amazing. This girl is sitting in the back seat. I guess she was Asian. I don't think she's Asian. I don't know. I don't know what she was. You couldn't see her. But she is starting to him. Couldn't see anything. blackness. Yeah, exactly. You can't even see the damn hula girl. She records this entire 10-minute thing, and you got to look this video up. She is telling him that he has to take down this hula girl, which is super glued to his dashboard, because it is exploitative of Hawaiian culture. Well, she says... She says the raping and pillaging of the continent of Hawaii. The raping and pillaging of the continent of Hawaii. So this person's working at an intelligence level that one might have who's leaving reviews on Rotten Tomatoes film. Yeah. She right. chews him out. She keeps saying to take it down, and the guy's very respectfully like, I'm not going to. It's a doll. Uh, I'm sorry. Eventually, she... That also explains to her eventually... It's glued to the dashboard. I don't know the what dashboard. you want to do. I am Asian. She's like, what kind of Asian are you? What percentage of Asian this are you? This is after she calls him a white male. A white male. The passenger's like, you're being very rude. Like, the other people are all turning against her. She's like, uh, you're going to have to throw me out of your car, take me to my destination. He goes, I'm not taking your destination. I'll drop you off wherever you want, but I'm not taking you. She's like, yes, you are. Call the police. And the passenger's like, please call the police. Like, I'd right. love to see how this play out. The cops show up and you say, he won't take down this hula doll. The cop will arrest you on site, hopefully. Right. So this woman is like, you're going to be on Gawker tomorrow. <laughs> and the, the whole time she's using that tone of voice that's like, ooh, I'm going to love it when everyone is laughing in your face tomorrow. Ooh, this is great. The whole obnoxious voice going and going and going. Then now it's hit the internet. Joe showed me this. And America has turned against the woman. Right. Which makes me very happy. All of a sudden, America's opinion counts when it comes to this monster. Comes to a great movie like Suicide Squad, it doesn't mean shit. But hey, that's Pat Walsh, and that's how Hollywood works, folks. You just got a Crash Course 101 lesson in Hollywood. Why Why couldn't we just bash this woman together? Are you on her side now? No. You need to bash me over this woman? No, I'm not. I, this I, video got me so upset, and I want you to watch it. I almost didn't want to do the podcast. I was so mad. You, you need you need to know people where this is going. The fact that everyone turned on her is is reassuring, but we are headed into a dark time of oversensitivity in America that I think is going to ruin us. But here's the thing: it's not. And honestly, that's what's throwing people into the arms of Trump, because he's he's the polar opposite of that to the other extreme, to a problematic extreme. But people are like. I'm so sick of people screaming at this guy because he has a hula girl on his dashboard. At least Trump's the man <laughs> who will slap a woman in the face. They, you know, oh, they're, they're going over there. I like I, I like an uh, old an old an old guy. I can't support any of these comments you're making at this point. <laughs> at least Trump's a man who will slap a woman. That's, in the that's face. what people are saying. You right. know, like oh, the, you're doing the, a the character. Kind of people who are voting for him are like, if that's where the world is going, where you can't have a hula doll on your dashboard then I'm going to vote for Trump because he will reinstate racism and horribleness. Because you're saying to the world. you're saying you're saying what what the f supposed fight against evil does is it creates a worse evil. Exactly. It's gone so far. I mean, obviously, these are both extremes, Trump and this woman. Didn't you say she supported Trump? I, I, I went to her Twitter thing and it had a bunch of Trump things. I couldn't tell if they were sarcastic, but I, uh, I don't think they are. Sarcastic. I feel like they're not. I feel like I read something that said she supported Trump. But here's the thing. I, what you're saying is, is by trying to, to stomp out this evil in the wrong way, 
in too proud a way as as for instance the the Jedi were at fault for doing yeah many moons ago sure you, they've now created an Anakin who's going to become a Darth Vader and that's that's worse if I think everyone has gone so far into political correctness that eventually comedy is not going to be funny and that we've sort of created this monster of Trump yes to to go so far in the opposite direction of this political correctness that everybody is hating uh, mm-hmm. that he's going to go way too far, and then the society will be racist and horrific to live in. Well, it's uh, it, here's what my take on it is. Uh, I, I don't think the problem is oversensitivity. I think the problem is certain people have realized they can exploit oversensitivity yeah. to make themselves more famous or to gain notoriety yeah. somehow that's the scary thing is i'm gonna be on gawker you're gonna be on gawker what is your full name i can't wait for everyone to see this I, you're gonna be a meme tomorrow she actually says yeah. the words meme well that's that's the frightening thing to me is that she's not truly offended she just sees an opportunity sees to create opportunity, content yes, to, be to bring her own uh notoriety up a notch or whatever she saw that headline being hero annalise whatever the fuck calls out this scumbag for exploiting Hawaiian culture is what she sees. And thankfully, the other thing happened. I thought when I heard the story that, that this woman was going to be upset that it was a lady wearing a coconut bra and that it was exploitative of women. But the race thing makes it even weirder to me. Well, I think she w- that was what she was saying initially. To me, I, o- I only heard her talking about Hawaii and the beautiful people of Hawaii. Right. She, uh, so- who I guarantee would not care about this. So wait, so I, it wasn't a gender thing. It was a almost. I mean, I, I watched. The maybe whole I missed. I just had that in my head. Yeah, I I tuned out after about four. I couldn't. She was saying it's offensive to her and all, but it was all focused on being Hawaiian. I, I mean, I'm sure the woman might have triggered it, but I uh, cut it off about four minutes in. And you know, Pat, first internet video I didn't finish in ten years. Really? That was a callback to the Suicide Squad story of you walking out. You see. I, I see, but I don't really know what I, how I'm supposed to feel about it. <laughs> uh, we should get on to Stranger Things. We're we will, but, minute- but real quick. Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry, boss man. I went and ate at Salazar the other night with Heather. It's a beautiful new restaurant in town. And I'm talking to her, and I was talking about how much money comes out of my paycheck uh, and how it upsets me. You know, the conversation that everyone in the world has every time they get their taxes done. Are you going to support Trump again? Is that where you're heading with this? I never have and never will. And I I don't think that Trump's going to fix my tax rate or anything else in America. But I'm walking in and and again, doing like a character. I'm I'm complaining to Heather about it. And I'm like, and uh, in conclusion, that's why I'm voting for Trump. You know, did a little voice and everything. And we sit down at the table and Heather's menu blows away with the wind. And lands in this woman's lap next to us. And I said, oh, I'm sorry about that. And I stand up to grab the menu from her. And she holds it up over her head. Lifts it up away from me like somebody keeping a a ball from a little sister or something. And she goes, I'm actually not giving this to you. And she was serious. What? And I said, what are you talking about? She goes, I'm not giving this to you if you're voting for Donald Trump. And then turns to resume speaking to her friend and ignore me. And I had to say then to this woman, no, I was doing a, a character. I was doing a bit. Obviously, I don't support Trump. I, I, I don't. We don't. Can I please have it back? And she gives it back. 
and I bit into my tongue so hard that I tasted blood to not start <laughs> fighting with this woman because I'm sitting there with Heather and we were both so annoyed by her because we do agree with you and we do hate Trump. But what if it is it is still a free country? You can't keep someone. I'm not giving this back to you. How old was she? Forty five. Forty five. You know, I had to I found myself having to explain my political beliefs to a woman to get my menu back. Well, you didn't have to. No, I didn't have to. But what am I going to do? Grab it out of her hands and get arrested? What I would have done was I would have told on her. I would have said, she's got my menu. I'm going to treat you like the fucking baby you are. Yeah. And I'm going to tell on you. And I would have went and said, this lady took my menu and she won't give it back because for some reason she thinks I'm voting for Trump. And whether I am or not, what the fuck kind of restaurant are you running here that customers are calling the shots like that on other customers? That's what you should have done and gotten her fucking kicked out or reprimanded. It's not a bad idea. Now, let me flip it for you. I'm let's say I'm back home in Missouri for Christmas. Because Lord knows no one here is voting for Trump, I don't think. I don't know. I hope. But uh, let's say some woman's menu blows over to me, and she's talking about how much she loves Hillary Clinton. Right. And I'm a big Trump supporter or whatever. Right. And I go, oh, hell no. You know, I'm not giving you this. Right. Because I'm voting for Donald Trump. Hillary sucks. I can't give you your menu back. That's the kind of thing that could make national news. Right. I agree. I agree. This is why I don't vote. I I am not voting. I'm not getting involved in this. I have to. I think now I I have to vote. I I see I see all sides in this because your vote doesn't matter. Frankly, doesn't matter at all. Uh, but it, things are too dire now to 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 oh, allow. No, they're not dire at all. These fucking idiots all want something to fight about. None of it means anything. I don't think any of it means anything. I don't think the world changes that much with Trump in the helm. But He's not going to get in the helm. He could get in that helm. He's not getting that helm. I think so many people are quietly, privately going to vote for him. Uh, I disagree. I, I think that it's just the other way around. Uh, All right. I think people uh, hate Hillary, but but quietly and reservedly know that she's a better option than Trump and are going to shamefully go and vote for her. I don't mean I'm shaming them. I'm saying they'll feel ashamed because they talk so much shit about her. Maybe those people won't vote, but I don't know that they're going out to vote for Hillary. There's a I, lot uh, of women hating involved. In very this. proud to say I've never voted in my life, never will. I refuse to play this fucking charade of a ball game. I'm just not doing it. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It, this it, world can I have itself. It. I don't give a shit. I get it. Uh, and that's not apathy, folks. It's called a little bit of realism, okay? Okay. In, in a world where where Trump is a is one of two candidates, I guess people will say, "Well, there are still no, no, they're not. There's two candidates." Uh, in a world where Trump is one of them, it is hard to want to get out of bed and fucking vote because what 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 sort of country allows this to happen? You know? Look, there are conspiracy theorists out there that would say. He was planted in as a means to secure Hillary's secure election. Hillary. I mean, it's no, it's insane. I don't think it's how these things work. The whole thing is insane. It's yeah. it's nuts. But anyway, you hey know, Pat, I'll tell you something. Few, uh. Few stranger things have I heard of than a guy named Trump 
God, Joe, I, I was just to about it. to say, you say Trump's not going to win, but stranger things have happened. Yeah, I had a very go. similar. I, I would have been much smoother about it. It was you. much smoother. Well, but, you're the uh, you're the writer, you know. The 30 second pause in the middle helped the timing quite a bit on your end. I couldn't think of how to. I got in a couple words and I realized <laughs> I started it wrong and I couldn't get out of it, and that was the end of it. No, but stranger things, and, and you know, again, it's going to be a sort of contentious uh, podcast because everyone that I knew, everyone that I saw was raving about it i wound up having to wait an additional two weeks to watch it because my girlfriend was out of town we were going to watch it together of course as with all couples you wind up not watching it together anyway but by the time i finally watched this thing because people were throwing around words yourself included like masterpiece here we go did say it was a masterpiece. here we go guess who just proved suicide squad's a good movie i absolutely did not prove it i found myself of course enjoying stranger things it's a it's designed for enjoyment you know that it's uh it's inarguably a pretty entertaining thing but with the expectations i was given i was like come on guys come on my issues with it are as follows really it is such a piece of its references uh, to, to a fault, I would say. Spielberg, Stephen King, etc. It's all things I love, but it just sort of unenthusiastically checked off the boxes. It did a nice job of recreating that time period in the 80s. And, I, and obviously that's what people love about it is the nostalgia because if it's a modern day set thing, people would be like, eh, there's nothing really interesting about the story. It is essentially poltergeist. Joe Beth Williams did it better. Winona Ryder is going hysterically over the top in every scene. Winona Ryder was fantastic. I won't have you say anything uh, uh, lesser. I've always loved Winona Ryder, and I I liked her in this, but found her to be a little wanting. I like the sheriff guy fine. I like the kid with no teeth. I thought Eleven was good, and the other kids were kind of very generic and didn't. I like the sheriff guy fine. Yeah. That's, that's, That's what your take is on that. I'm going through the characters. I like the sheriff guy fine. You didn't think he was great? Mm, that's correct, yes. And you thought Winona Ryder overdid it? Yeah, thought she overdid it, but was also fine. The kids, none of them had enough flavor or comedy to me to really stand out, except the kid with the teeth issue. Um, the alien was extremely boring and generic when it came. The story... Every single aspect of the story had been done before and better. Uh, then when they finally went into the other world, uh, it looked identical to the film Under the Skin, which no one has seen with Scarlett Johansson, which I loved. But they clearly took a screenshot of Under the Skin and said, now when we go into this other world, we really have an opportunity to show off and do something original and fresh. Let's still rip something off and make it something that people haven't seen, which what? is a little dodgier than ripping off E.T. I didn't see Under the Skin, so what? It's, I was afraid to watch it because of the man with the face. No, it's it's rough with the weird face. It's scary. It's one of it's was one of my favorite movies of that year. And I'm it's not slow. being mean. It just that yeah, sort of thing is upsets upsets me. But these guys literally took screenshots from Under the Skin. But what part? What when part, they go into the the other world, the the black dimension? Uh, so you see the other world she's from in Under the Skin. You go into this other dimension. It is art directed identically. It is lit identically, 
and I was like, guys, now you have an opportunity to create your own other world, do whatever you want, and you're ripping off a movie from two years ago that nobody saw. And so what I was saying is you want to rip off E.T. that everyone has seen, and we're all like, yeah, we know you're ripping off E.T. That's kind of one thing. That felt a little more sleazy to me than ripping that off. I didn't think it had an original thought or idea in it, and even though I'm saying all this, I did think it was very fun. I d- it didn't have the addictive quality to me where I, I blasted through it all in a night. I was like, eh, I can give or take this, but I watched it very quickly in the span of a week or two. I enjoyed it, and yet I think having it built up that much hurt for me. Well, that hurts anything. It does, and it's a, it's a shame in this Internet world. I try to see things as quickly as possible or before they come out because everything you hear taints it. Um, but, yeah, it just... I found it both good and a letdown. And I would give no episode above like a B plus because I didn't think any any of it gave me goosebumps or made me like sit up or made me go, whoa, or I got to watch the next one. It all felt like a pleasant time passer and I enjoyed it quite a bit, but didn't think anything about it was exceptional. All right. Well, I don't agree with most of what you said. Sure. Uh, most know. don't from what I gather. I thought I thought it did an excellent job of being uh, a self-conscious piece. Um, it, it was it was it was almost like a, a, a it was almost like a, a self-conscious piece within a self-conscious piece. Not only did it take place, not only did they clearly set out and say we're going to do a horror thriller mystery thing that takes place in the '80s with that '80s vibe, they also managed to incorporate. All of the elements of that time period so brilliantly and so organically. For instance, she needs lights. Okay, so she needs more lights now. So, okay, so she gets the Christmas lights. Okay, so what do they look like? Oh, exactly the Christmas lights from 1983 or whatever year it was. The the orange bulb, the purple bulb, the red bulb, the whatever, multicolored Christmas lights. There's bullies chasing him through the woods. The bullies need to be menacing. So what's he do? He pulls out a switchblade. Of course he does. What every fucking mean kid had in his pocket in that time period. Everything like that. In those movies. Well, in real life, too. I mean, yeah. every kid I knew was obsessed with getting a switchblade, and some of them had them and some of them didn't. We used to buy the switchblade combs and then take the comb out and sharpen the metal part. Sure. But but my point is, is, is these things were woven so seamlessly into the fabric of the show. It didn't, to me, feel like a throwback to a 1980s, an early 1980s uh, horror thriller mystery. To me, it felt like something that actually came out of that time period. Even the reference to the movie that they're going to go see before he goes missing, which is Poltergeist, right? and the elements that are related to Poltergeist throughout the show, it, it was just very, very, very well done in that. And that was actually pointed out to me by my good dear friend James Pinkstone. Uh, I mean, that that made but, it fun to me, yes, but the, I, I, I think just saying we're going to go see Poltergeist and then ripping off Poltergeist for seven hours. Well, I don't think they ripped off Poltergeist for seven you. hours. No, but I mean, there's a, there's a lot of it that felt really, really familiar to me. To me, it did not feel like it was of that time unless it felt like a lesser movie of that time. It felt like maybe like a Monster Squad or one of those that like people have a lot of affection for, but that really at the end of the day is not a classic along the lines no i i just or a i disagree i mean to me it felt like well it 
is I'm I talking more about the book, of course. Sure, I love the although movie. I love the movie till the end. I love the movie too. Uh, they said that the new It movie will feel like Stranger Things. By the way, yeah, I don't, I don't doubt that. But do you know why they threw True Detective off it? Through what? The True Detective guy off it, Gary Fukunawa. Off of what? It, the It remake. It's not. Oh, him I didn't anymore. even know he was on it. He was on it. He wanted it to be two two-hour movies, and he wanted to include the teen orgy, the child orgy. They he he wanted the movie to be NC seventeen and include that graphic long. Yeah, there's young, a thing where she like sequence. takes all their virginity, right? Right. To he, like and he was seal like, the pact or whatever. Yeah. He was like, "We're doing that. We're making it NC seventeen. I want it to be two hour." And they were like, "You can't get any of this. We're throwing you off the movie." Then they bring in the guy who did Mama right. and Mama 2, which was okay. I didn't enjoy Mama. Uh, it was okay. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I didn't love it, but it was fine. And uh, it's. I looked up the cast. Everybody in it is like a Nordic actor I've never heard of. So I was like, is this a, a made, being made in Sweden or what's going on? Well, I don't think it'll be good, frankly, but I, I hope look, it'll, it's ec- one of my favorite books of all time. I'm excited it for it. I want to see it. The kid from Stranger Things is in it. Yep. Uh, I think Pennywise is far too young. The, oh, yeah. The guy they cast is far too young. Yes. Uh, but, hey, who knows? Maybe he'll be great. You know, when it, they said I, yeah, Heath if, Ledger was going to be a Joker, I was like, what? Exactly. So we'll see. Michael Keaton being Batman. People were surprised. But uh, back to Stranger Things. I thought Winona Ryder deserves three Emmys for her work in this. And I don't think it was too much. I think in... in, in uh, Poltergeist, you're dealing with a stable family whose daughter disappears. They know and have clues as to where their daughter... All of them have an idea of where the daughter has gone. And there is some communication with the daughter. Stranger Things, nobody believes the mother. They all think she's crazy. She's fresh off the heels of an abusive alcoholic marriage. Right deadbeat dad it's a little different she she can't she can't afford to buy fucking cigarettes it's like she's yeah. you know. I, li- I liked her in the smaller moment i i liked her performance overall really i just thought if you're putting up her scenes against joe beth williams who did almost the exact same material in poltergeist i preferred joe beth williams but it's a different character it is a different character essentially but like i liked when she is going and she needs an advance on her check and she needs some supplies from the store right i thought that was a great scene i thought she had uh good moments kind of scattered throughout but at the, i you know i wasn't feeling for her in the way that i felt for the family i felt terrible guys. for her i hugged my tv a few times i would kiss it yeah. i'd say okay i'd say noni baby it's gonna be okay yeah all right and um, she didn't respond of course because she didn't, you know, she was a picture and moving image, but you know, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and I thought the, I thought the, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was in black or uh, black, black mass, mass and yeah. uh, he was in Suicide Squad as well. He was. Uh, I'm a big fan of that guy though, and I thought he was great. I, I really liked that enjoyed guy, him, and I, I thought he was a, a great part of the show. I liked, uh, you I, know, who's the guy who looks like? Oh, Matthew Modine. Look, they had him looking like David Cronenberg in that movie. <laughs> uh, I'm also a big. I thought Eleven was f- fantastic. Yeah, thought that girl acted in an emotional range that was beyond my comprehension. For which, eleven, the girl. Oh yeah, okay. I saw her in an interview on Fallon, 
and I was like, when I was watching it, I looked her up on IMDb because I was like, this girl has to be older than like 12. Mm-hmm. She's got too much depth. No, she is 12. And then I watched her in an interview on Fallon, and it's like, she's like, she's like one of those kids that's like a grown person. She's sitting there with like her legs crossed, and she's right. like, yes, that was quite an interesting day on set, you know, with this proper English accent. Yeah. But I thought she was great. I enjoyed all the kids. I especially liked uh, whatever the toothless kid's name is. I like that for once they made the sort of chunk in Goonies character, the like guy that becomes the aggressive leader, the take no shit guy, instead of him just being the butt of jokes. Yeah, I guess uh, for me, you know, like I, I think I Goonies is a lot of fun, but has also kind of gotten overrated with time. But like all those kids had a real flavor and personality to them. The kids in E.T., same deal. Um, And these kids didn't really jump out to me and i wish that i had been more emotionally engaged in stranger things i think that would have kept me coming back for more i kind of felt throughout like everything's going to be fine you know what's going to happen right from the jump right uh and i didn't feel a lot of suspense or emotional connection to the show while i freely admit that i enjoyed the show i just i you know in my mind this is not uh some crowning achievement of television I'll be excited for season two when it comes around. Now, see, that's where we differ. Yeah, that's where we differ. Uh, I am not. I am not excited. I mean, I'm not not excited about it. I'm not dreading it. But, you know, I'm not thrilled about the way it ended. That was my one. criticism. Oh, no, no, of course not. I didn't think there should have been a cliffhanger ending. Uh, and if it was going to be a cliffhanger ending, I would have liked to have seen it executed a little bit differently. Uh, when this, this is one thing that's really bothering me when the sheriff gets into the car at the end with the two government officials Mm -hmm. immediately after he says to Winona Ryder, I made a deal. Yeah. He he gets in the car and you realize, Oh God, they're going to kill him now right? because they have to keep wraps on all this. And then they don't. Yeah. I was like. So wait, no, his deal literally was just, I'm going to turn the girl over to you to get the kids back. Right. Which, okay, he got the kids back, but that's still kind of shitty for the girl, you know what I mean? Because she decimated and disintegrated into oblivion or whatever. Yeah. And then I thought that was great that she died in this sacrificial way. And then I was angry, not angry, but I was disappointed to see him putting the waffles out like, oh, maybe she's still alive, wink, wink. And... Yeah. I guess I thought it was kind of cool that the kid coughs up that slug or whatever. But what I was really hoping for was there to be a tied up bow on it. Not necessarily happy, but a tied up ending to the season. And I thought it'd be really cool if they did an American Horror Story thing here where Stranger Things season two was new story, new, story. new characters, maybe the same actors playing different characters, yeah. different time period. I, I would have liked though, that. though that people loved those kids so much that they they would not have been into that at all. And it, it would be a classic case of people watch the first one and they're like, eh, and then they drop out. Although well, on Netflix doesn't release their fucking you shit. Can so you can love those kids all it. you want. They're, they're hitting puberty in three weeks. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to be those cute kids anymore. That is also true. No, they're not going to be bad-looking people, I, I guess. Who the well, hell knows? Know. But like, my point is, is those voices are going to drop, and you know that's, that's going to be the end of that. For sure. And I'm sure that's why they're rushing this season two into production. Um, my other, I, I think that was, that was a grievance I had with it as well, is that I never really felt the edge and the danger 
that you feel in an it or, a, you know, in a lot of these different things. There was no real edge to it that made me scared. Like, See, I, I, I didn't think it was scary. I dis I disagree. I, you know, the, the scene where he jumps off the cliff, I was the part of me was like, "Holy shit, he's gonna kill himself!" Like yeah. to see, I, I guess. But then I also, didn't. I I never felt that danger. Here's another thing that kind of bugged me about that scene was awesome when she saves him. I was like, that I got chills. I was yeah, like, that, that was, was really a good cool. scene for sure. But again, maybe I'm nitpicking. Maybe I'm being a dildo. The thing I thought that was a little disappointing there was they set up at the beginning of the show where somebody, I forget what character is, claims to have jumped off of that thing. The cop yeah. does. And he's like, you'd, you'd die. The other right. cop is like, you would die. That, that'd that be like hitting cement. And I thought when he jumped, it was going to be like, holy shit, no, you can do it. Yeah. So I thought it was, so, but I guess the setup was like, no, he's going to die here because the cop just said it would be like hitting cement or whatever. Right. But uh, but All I, was, I was cool. on the edge of my seat when they were hiding the bus and, and the Modine people showed up and everything. Okay. I, I liked all that stuff. I thought it was a lot of fun. When that what I what I would say, what are your feelings on Donnie Darko? Uh, you know, I like it. I don't yeah. love it. Uh, I enjoy it. It's 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 a, it's a well-made film. I really, 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 really loved it in college and I've seen it probably 10, 15 times and still I think it's a pretty great movie but there's a, a scene in this where they go to their teacher and they're asking him about time travel right and he goes through and that scene is again almost verbatim from donnie darko he they go to noah wiley who's his professor and the flea and the acrobat thing yeah darko keeps asking him those questions and he's telling him, he's like i don't think i can talk about this with you anymore and it's kind of a really cool scene in donnie darko um and it again I just am watching it like, well, this isn't really fair. There were so many moments like that where it was too much. And I think the reason that one bothered me more than the others is that Donnie Darko is, to me, a movie that approximates the 80s in a much better way. Well, it does a great job of it. I wouldn't deny uh, that. But I also think it approximates a different time in the 80s and yeah. a different perspective. Yeah. To, to me... That and again, Stranger Things tapped into my child, like literally my childhood. I okay. was like, maybe they're a couple of years older, but it's like, nope. I remember hanging out in that basement. I remember playing that game. I remember that TV set. I remember being excited about this movie coming out. Like, yeah, those aspects of, of it of it I liked. Um, yes, for sure. But I just kind of felt like every single bit of it. I had seen before and that to me kept me from ever being fully surprised or fully engaged by it well look you know man it's uh, it would be disheartening and it would be upsetting but it would not be unthinkable uh, or unimaginable that what happened with true detective might happen with this oh sure you know true detective that we all thought oh my god it's the greatest thing ever and then slowly but surely you start to realize wait a minute that was from this and this was from that and that and then the second season came out, and people were disappointed. And oh well, see now, true now, true detective. I didn't feel any sort of familiarity. That all felt very fresh to me. So what it are you talking? I thought you meant just the season two drop off, which I think I'm, will. No, happen I'm saying season Spanish. one felt very fresh to me too. Yeah, but then slowly but surely, people went, "Oh, you know, that's a reference to this, to those and books, that's a reference yeah. to this." So, like for and instance, that guy, which is maybe smarter, was referencing shit that people don't, you know. The Donnie, know about. the Donnie Darko and Under the Skin references, I wasn't recalling. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's go to the questions, Pat. Oh, okay. to the phones, as they say. Before uh, before we have to wrap up this episode, we we 
I finally remember to tweet out and ask for questions today. Uh, first question here comes from my friend uh, Danielle. Uh, she says, I was interested to hear how you felt about the show taking place in the 80s. I feel like it was a cool choice for a thriller series. We, we kind of discussed that already, and I, I really like that. I think there's an element to... There's an element to mystery and suspense and horror that is certainly affected, if not damaged, by modern day technology. You know, I, yeah. I tweeted about the new Ring movie and I was like, you know, the movie Rings where uh, where the ghosts use YouTube and the <laughs> people are still using corded phones. It's like it's like it's ridiculous to me. I'm supposed to now think that the girl ghost from the ring was keeping up on like how to upload to YouTube and these it's like right. it's silly. So she might have taken a class at the Genius Bar or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just even the idea of it is like a bad sketch. You know what I mean? Like so Well, it could be a great sketch, but uh I I actually I haven't seen the trailer yet, but when I heard I was like, "Do we need another ring?" And then when I heard that they were coming through through viral videos, I was kind of like, "Yeah, all right. I mean, of course somebody's going to pitch that." And hopefully they do it well, but maybe they won't. Yeah. I, they I, won't. How does it get from the videotape online? Maybe somebody right. up. I guess somebody uploaded it. I guess that's probably the 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 yeah the the simplest idea. Somebody uploaded it and then they died, and now they can't find the user to take it down or whatever, and it's there. Well, I already feel like they made, and they made it for about fifty grand. Pretty much the perfect viral video horror movie, which is unfriended. Did you see that? No. It looked like an MTV sort of teen it romp is. to me, but it is. I, I, I think it's. I think interest. it's on HBO on demand or HBO Go. It's. Uh, they did it so cheap. Like I, I would be surprised if it did cost fifty thousand dollars. And it's really suspenseful, and the entire movie is on your computer screen, basically, which is a gimmick that somehow doesn't get old, and it's actually really scary. I would recommend watching it. All right, I'll check it out. A couple quick questions here. At Tosis Most Hated, T-O-S-A-S Most Hated, he asks, uh, what's your favorite Stephen King book or movie? My fast answer to that, movie-wise, is... Wait, we've talked about this. I think we have. It's two two different questions. I mean... The Mist is... The Mist or Misery are my two favorite Stephen King movies. Misery is my number one, for sure, but I, I thought The Mist was fucking fantastic. Of course, I love Shawshank. I love Green Mile. I mean, I, I think a lot of great... Stand By Me. Stand By Me, to, to me, as well. It's a, wonderful. Obviously, a major influence it's on Stranger wonderful, Things. yeah. A major influence. But uh, as far as book goes, I, I would probably go with one of his giant ones, like It or The Stand, just because he, he keeps you reading for that long. And those and those are in his coked sure. out days, but My, uh, I just think those are terrific yeah. stories that have like millions of good ideas in them. It and the stand. My favorite Stephen King book is Skeleton Crew because I like anthology horror best. Okay, and it's a collection of really amazing short stories. Uh, I think The Mist is in that book. Uh, yeah, I get it, it mixed up sometimes with uh, with the other one, Graveyard Shift. Graveyard Shift. Graveyard Shift. Different seasons. Uh, yeah, the a uh, bunch of them. But anyway, Skeleton Crew's great. It's got the jaunt in it. It's got survivor type. Really, it's got the uh, the monkey. It's a, it's a great fucking book. Uh, so check that out. Great bedtime reading.
Okay, at Lucifer Bruce asks us to discuss a remake. Oh, wait, no, that's for that's for the Don't Breathe episode. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, at ham underscore dinner. That's a great handle. <laughs> Winona's never been better. This should be a good app. Well, thank you. I, I hope it was. Walsh disagrees, though. I I do Winona disagree that she's never been, been better. better, but I I I do like her. I've always liked her. I actually sat next to her once at the New Beverly for a screening of The Goonies. Really? Shortly after she was up? arrested for shoplifting, we did not hook up, but I, I've always been extremely attracted to her. Was she just there? Like literally, you sat next to her. Sat. I sat down, and my buddy who I was with was like, "Are you sitting next to Winona Ryder?" And I'm like, "I'm gonna go ahead and say no." And I turned, and it was Winona Ryder. Jesus, who was she with? Looked like a boyfriend. Yeah, you know, hunky dude. Uh, at Clive Gulch, which is G U L C H, says Stranger Things equals Star Wars and Raiders in synthesizing its influences. Discuss. I don't think I understand what that means. I think what he is saying is that uh, Indiana Jones took from all those serials and Gunga Din and all this shit and made oh, them okay. into a seamless blend. And Star Wars was using Kurosawa and all that shit and blended them all together. I think, though, I mean, I, I maybe Joe agrees with you. I, I do not, although I definitely see your point. But I think that um, those movies were both synthesizing all kinds of different things and even different styles and genres and making them into something fresh and new. Like they invented, obviously Star Wars gives you Darth Vader and, and, all, and the Stormtroopers and the Atlanta and all this other shit that is not in the Seven Samurai. I think what Stranger Things does is essentially just say, you like this? Here's the same thing. Uh, it did blend them in, in a, a, a fairly smooth way and people like what they saw. But I think a lot of those people who are really loving it never saw the things that influenced it. I hate to say this. You're, you're, you're slightly turning me on Stranger Things. I don't want to do that. And I hate that that's what's happening. I don't want to do that. But I, I hope that people, especially people watching it with their kids, are checking out the shit that inspired it. Because I think it's a lot of really, really great stuff. Um, a guy I work with watched it with his sons. And he said that <laughs> they must have asked 50 times why they're not using their cell phone to call home. <laughs> like, it's just stuff you forget about. I think a lot of people's love for Stranger Things is for nostalgia, both for those great movies and books and for the time period of the 80s. Right. Which I get. All right. That's why I liked it, too. Last but not least, uh, at Tone underscore Berg, T-O-N-E underscore B-E-R-G, says, still loving, we'll see you in hell. Thank you, Tone. Thank you. Close your eyes. Joe DeRosa comedy equals Lewis Black. <laughs> Patrick Walsh equals Neil Brennan slash Jerry Seinfeld. Hey, uh, I've been up two of my favorite comedians ever. I, I, I know I don't think of Neil Brennan and Jerry Seinfeld as sounding alike. I wouldn't shake a stick at any of those people. I'm taking That's it all. This episode, stay tuned for episode two, which is going to be Don't Breathe. We're covering that, uh, and that'll be out in the next week or so or two weeks, whenever the hell it is. Uh, plugs, time to plug things. Um, I... I'm going on the road. If you live in Minnesota, I'll be in uh, some casino comedy club up there. Lake something. Twin Cities. Something. The, the Lakes. Something Lake Casino Comedy Club. Okay. Well, I'm uh, sure they appreciate your glowing endorsement. <laughs> I'm sure they're happy they're paying you for this great uh, publicity. 
It's uh, you know what? I'll do my plug second. Why don't you do yours and let me figure out what the hell this where the hell this thing is? I mean, uh, unfortunately, I got nothing to plug. I got no shows coming up. Um, I did uh, the High and Mighty podcast. I like giving shout outs to other podcasts. My buddy John Gabris is one of the funniest people on earth. Uh, he does a podcast called High and Mighty where, you know, it's implied that you get stoned, but it's not like getting high with Doug where you have to. Um, and you talk about a subject that you love. And him and I talked about Vegas and gambling. We had a blast. That should be out within the next week. All right, I got it here. Friday, September 9th, Saturday, September 10th, I will be in Minneapolis at the Mystic Lake Casino. Uh, They got a comedy club inside that place, and that's where I'll be. Following week, I'll be in Arizona, Scottsdale, stand-up Scottsdale, starting Thursday and going through Saturday. Uh, And then October 13th, here in beautiful sunny los angeles i will be shooting my special yeah my my debut comedy central one hour special uh so if you're in la keep your eye out links should be hitting the web pretty damn soon for that i will be there patty will be there come meet us come say hi uh and uh yeah that's it i guess right joe DeRosa comedy on twitter The Patrick, uh, Patrick Walsh, find Twitter, Instagram, and, uh, you know, maybe we'll talk with Ken. We'd love to be at some, you know, check out some sort of horror thing coming up as we head into the Halloween season. So if you got a horror festival, a film festival, uh, anything, let us know. Yes. Lo- we, we had such a blast last year, and we'd love to do it again. And thanks for your comments. Thanks for your, your ratings on iTunes. Thanks for your questions today. Keep at it, folks. Thank you very much. Thanks for your downloads. And, and your uh, downloads. Stop by and check out my fiction column on Fangoria.com. Some severe situations. And uh, know that We'll See You in Hell is a presentation of the Fangoria Podcast Network produced by Thomas DeFeo, executive produced by Ken Hanley of Fangoria Entertainment for press opportunities, advertising inquiries, all information about We'll See You in Hell. Contact Ken at his email. It's Ken at Fangoria.com.